Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahochko. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Haas Reuter. Haas, good to talk with you again, sir. Always good to talk with my old compadre. Ah, Happy shucks. to be here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Easy does it there, Lynch. Um, and called an audible... We had uh, hoped to have a, a guest uh, on, on the show, but that's going to be uh, kind of pushed back till next week as uh, she is working on a keynote address for a big speech that she has tomorrow, so certainly uh, understand that. Uh, so we are going, I don't want to say back to the drawing board. We don't have to go far. Uh, at the very last minute, the 11th hour, I went to the Slack chat room. I said... Uh, so here's the situation. We're about to record. Anybody who hasn't done a cross-examination want to uh, join us. You know, we're, we're about to hit that record button. And we had one volunteer, one individual who didn't know better uh, than to run the other way. Uh, so welcome to his debut appearance on the Five Heart Podcast to Coronation's very own Zach Grunder. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I just... Uh... I thought I'd, I'd jump on at some point. I was uh, sitting doing nothing, so <laughs> it made sense. Well, you've also been on, uh, I, don't wanna, I don't know if sabbatical is the right word, but you've uh, spent a little bit of time out of the country. So tell us a little bit about your travels abroad. Yeah, I, I can go through stories, but I won't, won't go through, won't take up too much time. But I uh, graduated <clears throat> from Nebraska in May, and then had the broad idea of uh, traveling Europe for six and a half weeks um, from beginning in June to end of July. And, uh, and now I, uh, and then I started my new job in bumfuck uh, Kansas. We can curse on the show, right? Yes. Yes, we can. Perfect. Uh, and uh, I'm, li- I'm, I'm living in a hotel until I close my house tomorrow morning. So that's where I am. Well, that's exciting news. Uh, n- not only, of course, when you said we, we should, uh, our fr- friend of the show, well, friend of the podcast network, uh, Chad Smart, who has his own podcast called Positive Cynicism, I highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, but he says that time is irrelevant in podcasts, and to an extent, I agree with him. But uh, most people tend to hop on the Five Heart podcast in, in pretty good uh, short order because it's timely, it's not. You know, it's not talking about a book or a movie or something. It's, hey, this is what's happening in, in, you know, Husker News and Notes, Husker Athletics this week. So people tend to jump on it in, in uh, short order. But as I say that, we're recording on Thursday night. Uh, you'll be closing on your house on Friday, and then this uh, episode will drop on Saturday. So really a, a big weekend, a banner weekend for you, because you get to the house and the Five Heart Podcast appearance. So... I wow scrapbook this one man this is this is this is some some serious uh, uh refrigerator material here 
wow, I don't know what to do with myself. Maybe I'll just uh, go to Hollywood and get myself a star. <laughs> there you go. You know what? For the right amount of money, you could do that. Um, so just real quick, you know, I'm curious, what parts of Europe all did you see? Did you visit, uh, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the big landmarks that you saw while you were over there? Did you run into uh, our other coronation uh, correspondent who, who's uh, visiting abroad and, and, and doing quite well for himself? Um, Nate, Nate, we didn't, um, excuse my voice. I, uh, I got this like cough cold thing in Budapest, Hungary, like three weeks ago. And I just have not got rid of it at all. And it makes me sound like I've been just, just chain smoking nonstop, uh, since, but I have not, I promise. You, you uh, only think hope, it's a hope. cough or a cold. We don't really know what you could have brought back to the States. Uh, true. Oh. You know what? Those uh, those Hungarian girls, they, uh, they get you sick. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, no, we went to, um, we flew into Dublin, Ireland, um, went to London, went to Amsterdam, went to Berlin, uh, Vienna, Krakow, Poland, went to Auschwitz, uh, went to Italy, went to Florence, Rome, Paris, France. Um, Budapest, Hungary, uh, Prague, Czech Republic, whole bunch of cities. That is, I mean, you pretty much just went to Europe. I mean, I know you said you went to Europe, but you pretty much covered it all. Um, but, I mean, we tried to. We tried to move cities every two to three days. I say we, it was me, my buddy and I. Did you hit up Barcelona? I don't know if I heard that one. We didn't get to Spain actually, so we had to, we had to make some sacrifices. Didn't make it to Copenhagen, didn't make it to Greece, and didn't make it to the Iberian Peninsula at all. Well, there's always the next trip to Europe. That's right. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there eventually. One day, one day I'll go to Ireland and I'll enjoy a delicious Guinness, much like I'm doing right now. An Irish wheat. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Guinness makes an Irish wheat. Let me tell you about it. I know you're excited. It is five point three percent ABV very much unlike the 3.2 percent Coors uh, banquet that Haas is drinking Um, it is a refreshing this is straight off the label by the way everybody refreshing taste full-bodied wheat beer zesty citrus subtle clove and banana notes and I will say it is damn tasty the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life Oh, that it's just not a straight up Guinness. Mayor <laughs> Guinness, a wheat Guinness. I was just thinking of the Irish boys that we were hanging out with in Dublin and their reaction to what you're drinking. I'm, I'm telling you what, they're probably drinking this right now. <laughs> I, I don't know the time difference. I think it's probably three or four in the morning, you know, yep. over there. So they're Pubs like, are probably just closing down. You know, this is probably their after bar beer. Like you know, it's something nice, it's a, something light, something refreshing. Let's get us a good old Guinness Irish wheat. That's that's a horrible Irish accent, probably. Um, you want to know a fun fact about the Irish? I they, would love uh, to know a fun fact only about the old, Irish. Only old people drink Guinness. I could see that. No young people drink. So like we went, we went and hung out with a bunch of young people, and they uh, they were like, yeah, we're like, you want to get a Guinness? They're like, oh, I've never had a Guinness. They grew up in Ireland their whole lives. What uh, what do they drink? If you say Coors Banquet, if you say they drink Coors Banquet, I'm not going to go to Ireland. I'm going to scrap those plans. What what do the the young Irish folk drink? 
They all drink, you know, it's just all light beers. All like, it's mostly just light beers, just like everyone here. All right, all right. So the Guinness Irish wheat is okay. I've I've, I've received, I, I received a virtual seal. I didn't either. Uh, so the running joke on my other podcast, Nerds United, also in the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, uh, when my buddy Mike comes over, it seems we've always been drinking a wheat beer, uh, whether it's Blue Moon or Shock Top. So I saw this one in the store. I'm like, we got a recording coming up. I'm going to grab a sixer of this. And uh, so that that's just thing. We, for whatever reason, it's wheat beers. So, uh, Haas, you got to explain your low ABV uh, Coors Banquet that you purchased in the mountains of Colorado last week. Yeah. Um, nice. Uh, I was going to say nice, but there's nothing nice about it. The safe way <laughs> in Winter Park, Colorado. Never go there, by the way. Just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to smear the store's name through the mud, but just don't ever go there. Um, I found out that grocery stores in Colorado only sell 3.2% Kool-Aid. You know, so... I wanted a case of Coors Banquet out there doing while well, I was doing some camping, and so I bought some, and then I realized after I'd bought it that it was 3.2% that I'd have to go to a liquor store to get the uh, full le- full leaded diesel fuel. And at that point, I was so antsy as were my traveling companions to set up camp that uh, I just rolled with it, and it tastes different doesn't have that crisp bite that uh the full leaded coors banquet does um the calories are less which i mean it's important you know even though when i'm drinking beer calories really are not in my mind <laughs> and uh yeah so it's basically like drinking bush light wow that is a I, ringing I just pissed off a large contingent of our listeners because <laughs> bush lights like the official drink of nebraska you know so and i've been known to put away a few Bushlights in my time, so Bushlight not was, my choice usually. Bushlight was the the drink of choice uh, in my days out in Shadron. It wasn't my drink of choice, but it was when when there would be a, a party at the house and they'd get a keg. It was always a keg of Bushlight. Uh, I still don't understand it to this day, but whatever. Uh, I you know put in my you know chipped in my amount of money towards the keg, and uh, we all had a good weekend. But uh, there's I'll say this. And I don't care what anybody's bush light's still better than Keystone light. Yeah, I don't disagree there. Then again, All right, I'm interrupting with another travel story. Yes. We were standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. Drinking Keystone light. We we were drinking some really shitty French beer. French don't don't drink beer in France. It's garbage. <laughs> Anyways, two people walk by with red shirts on. They turn around, they both say Nebraska. We didn't met Nebraskans the whole trip. Paris was one of the last cities in our entire trip, and we go up to them like, "Hey, Nebraska from Nebraska? They're around. They were from around Columbus area." We're like, "Oh, finally, some Nebraskans." We 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 talked to them a little bit, and the guy, the guy, it was a couple, and the guy he turns to me and he goes, "Like Europe is great and all, but man." I really could use a bush light. Like I could just, I just love a bush light right now. I'm like, that's the most Nebraska thing I've ever heard. Oh man. If I ever went to Europe, they'd spot me as an American from a mile away. Oh, it'd be so obvious. <laughs> I, I think we didn't chew tobacco in the streets of some European town, you know? Oh, you can't get, um, you can't get chew in Europe either. Like it doesn't exist. Jesus. I'm going to have to pack a log with me if I ever go. 
we uh, we established it. It's important for the record. Uh, we established before we started recording that uh, both of my esteemed colleagues uh, here tonight, Haas and Zach, are both Copenhagen men. Uh, so there you are, ladies. We really need to find out what brand Scott Frost chews. It's got to be Copenhagen. It's yeah, got to be. He strikes me as a Cope Mint guy. It's, if he's a Nebraskan, it's got to be Copenhagen. Yeah, Skull is trash. We already put this poll up on uh, uh, on the, the on the website, and I believe the most uh, answers or the most votes went to something along the lines of chewing tobacco is disgusting. So <laughs> it, it, it's a disgusting habit. I will be the first to acknowledge it. It's a, it's the spinning part that's disgusting. You know, I was in a Boulder on Saturday morning, and I was walking around Folsom Field. Nebraska hat on, Nebraska shirt on. Dip in, of course, and I was spitting on the ground as I was walking. And uh, walked by the coach's office, and I, I assumed that it was probably a GA or a younger assistant coach was walking in, and, uh, and a bunch of players were filing in. And I was like, yeah, probably not the best idea to be walking through here, you know, not only wearing <laughs> Nebraska gear, but also spitting on the ground at their stadium. So I'm going to gut it here for this little bit of a walk. As I walked by them, they made a comment about how they just can't get away from the red. So, uh, yeah, the Colorado hatred towards us, it hasn't ended. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You know, I was feeling a little nostalgic about that rivalry, kind of like, man, I really miss Colorado. And then after that, I was just like, no, nah, I remember why I spent every Thanksgiving from the age of 12 to 20 just absolutely despising the Buffaloes. Can't wait to uh, reignite that and, and – beat the crap out of them uh which surprisingly enough i don't say surprisingly we're in august we're just a few weeks away from game you know game day so we'll talk a little bit about some of the news and notes of, of from practice uh but first we're going to meet our guest it's it is the cross-examination the firm is here hoss would you like to uh, do the honors and swear in our witness so to speak all right. Zach Grunder? That's me. You swear to tell the whole truth. Or you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? So help me God and on Tom Osborne's legacy. All right. Well. Let's get the, uh, the cross examination started. Are you a Nebraska native? I am. Born and raised in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, uh, which high school do you do you claim then? So, <clears throat> I went to Lincoln North Star, which is one of the newer ones on the north side of Lincoln. Grew up on the north side. Um, I uh, <clears throat> I really love I loved high school football forever, but it's expensive to go to the games, and as a kid, you have zero money, obviously. So, uh, I uh, I hawked. I was a hawker. Um, for all of high school, basically, where I would sell um, pop and water, like, uh, and I would walk up and down the stadium with the trays of it, and then uh, you stop selling after the third quarter. So then you get to stay in the stadium for the fourth quarter and watch the game. So I I went to like I've been to like most home games since like two thousand and nine or ten. Right on. Almost, I missed probably six or seven games. So, 
I want to I want to talk more about that, but I got to since you mentioned uh, Lincoln North Star, I have to the the only connection that I have to North Star is in my time Austin out. Rose. What's that? Austin Rose? No, no, no. Uh, I don't want to say less significant. I don't want to disparage the the hard work and effort that it took to get there. When I was out in Shadron doing high school uh, athletics on the radio, calling you know football, boys and girls basketball, etc. Uh, two years in a row, the girls basketball team made it to the state tournament, and they you know make that trek across the state because you know Harrison or Sioux County wasn't going to make it to a state tournament, so Shadron was about the farthest. Uh, you know, team or, or school away that was making that trek, and if I remember correctly, and I think I do, then the North Star opened up uh, a, like a gym or something like that during the day uh, on on the day that the the team got to Lincoln for you know a little shoot around, you know, kind of stretch your legs that that type of thing. So I, I remember being in the school. And just, you know, like hanging out with the coaches while uh, the team, you know, like I said, shot around and, you know, knocked, knocked to the, I don't want to say jet lag, but the bus lag off uh, before eventually heading over to uh, either the Pershing Center or the, the Devaney Center for uh, their game. So that's that's my Lincoln North Star story. Also, you if you remember, Bo Pelini had his, like, speech with all of his players on Lincoln North Star. Yes. I do remember that. Which was yeah, that was on Lincoln, that was on Lincoln North Star. I was, actually, I was actually living in an apartment that was like a quarter mile from North Star at the time. That was happening, and so like we went to the front doors of North Star to try to like get in or just see see what was going on because we had we had saw some tweets on the Twitter sphere that was going on, and um, we were caught and they uh, kicked us out, but we tried. Hey, you know what Michael Scott says? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You should have just thrown on a pair of khakis and had a lanyard around your neck. You're on a well, school campus and you're wearing khakis with a lanyard. You can get into any building. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of like, like oh yeah, we're staff. You know this semester. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that you're in in the middle of Kansas and you're about to close on your house. So our next question for you then, Zach, is what is your day job? You, your recent so, recent Nebraska graduate. Uh, first of all, what is your day job, and then does your I guess degree factor into that? Yeah, I uh, I I'm an engineer. I won't tell you the company because it'll give away where I live. I don't want to do that. Fair enough. But I I uh, yeah, I'm an engineer. I work for a company that hired me in engineering, so I am. My degree is directly what I what I studied. I like it. You're like, like this is the company. They also do engineering, and this is what I do, and that's as specific as I'm going to get. <laughs> I don't. Want, yeah, I don't want to give where I live. Sorry. You know, that's all right. We, you, you probably don't want the tens of fans, you know, knocking on your door or sending you fan mail. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Paranoia. Haas, I turn it over to you, sir. All right. Zach, when did you become a fan? When did you become a maladjusted, tortured soul Husker football fan? Probably since, like, sentience. I, I say that word as in, like, when you're growing up, there's a certain there's a certain point where you become sentient, like, oh, 
like aware a sentient being. Yeah, there's a world around me, and things are happening, and I'm not just like like the route from my house to my school is not all that exists in this world. There's like other things that go on. As soon as that happened, I've been a Husker fan. Do you have right a like a first Husker memory? Mm. First Husker memory. I remember remember some really early stuff with Jamal Lord. Um our boy. Hey, hey, I, that's that's my all time favorite player. I, I say really early, but I'm talking about my life, you know, early in my life. because um, I'm not I'm not too old, but the uh I remember like Terrence Nunn. All he had to do is all he had to do is just catch the ball and like go to the ground <laughs> and he decided to fumble it. To, I think it was Texas A&M or Tex Tech or someone. He just blew the game. First time I ever dropped an F bomb in front of my dad. Yeah, that that I remember. That stung really badly. <laughs> I'm still not over it. Terrence Nunn just, I just, <sighs> hear, just hearing that name just makes me oh makes me so angry. <laughs> He was actually a pretty decent player. It's just he, he just was. He, he blew in the big moments. Like Nate Swift was Nate Swift's my boy. Brent Kinney's my boy. I worked with BK. Yeah. Yep. Hell of a dude. <clears throat> I once held a three minute conversation with Kenny Bell. Was it a riveting conversation? It was about Subway. So no. <laughs> but uh, I did it was that. about how much Subway sucked. Who knows about how Subway is just, it's always there for you. It was like a, like you turn around, you're like, you're hungry. You're like, ah, like, ah, I need something. And then Subway's always there for you. It was one of those conversations. That's it. Wow. That's so true. I mean, I guess. Hey, I once, I once broke a tooth at Jimmy John's, so I don't go there. I'd still rather go to Jimmy John's. Given, given they're expensive and the bread is like eating a rock. <laughs> it just depends on what you know. If that's the kind of bread you're prepared for, um, we also have around here. Uh, oh crap! Now I gotta, I gotta look it up on my phone because I can't remember because I don't go there often. But we do have a Penn Station. They're okay, and uh, I don't know if we have any Firehouse subs around here. But uh, oh, I love Firehouse subs. I'll have to look now because even if we have them in the area, I've never been there. So if we have them. I'll have to find him. Um, you know, rest in peace, Quiznos. Yeah. There might still be one in the St. Louis Lambert International Airport. Really? I, 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 it's, been, it's been about six years since I've been in the airport, but for whatever reason, I seem to recall seeing one there. Rest in peace. I, there was a, I went to a Quiznos once in my life. It was really good, but the, I, remember, I remember vividly the lady working there because – she made a joke as soon as I got in, and I didn't get it right away, and I felt horrible. She goes, uh, um, I can't hear in one ear, and I'm deaf in the other. I didn't get that joke right away. I think it was like the first time I'd ever heard it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, that's my quiz story. Where are I, you guys? I, I thought I thought you were going to – I thought the joke that she made that you wouldn't get until later is like, welcome to Quiznos. You'll probably be our last customer. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I couldn't even. 
I couldn't even date it for you. All right, so before we get to the fun stuff and the positive stuff, uh, we've been asking everybody this question. Uh, obviously, we would like for all Husker coaches to be successful because that would mean that the team's successful and, and you know on the right trajectory, if you will. But of the four fired coaches, Solich, Callahan, Polini, Riley, which do you most wish would have been successful of those four? I mean, the most fun I've ever had in Husker football is under the Bo Pliny era, and there's no just there's just no debate about it. Like, like Bo Pliny was such a character, and like with Bo Pliny came about, Tonawaka shamed what came about because of Bo Pliny. There's the the whole cap thing, like the, all the players under the Bo Pliny era were such good characters, and like like they're funny people, and under the Riley era, like name one player that was like, oh, this is a fun player, and. I loved seeing this guy. Like every time Kenny Bell was on the was on the field with Bo Pelini, like he was revving up the student crowd, hanging out with everyone, having a good time. Like there was no one under the Riley era that was doing that at all. Do you subscribe to the theory? Uh, you know, at least as far as Bo's concerned, um, you know that his players would, you know, like as the the cliche goes, would run through a brick wall for him. I mean, do you think that he was that beloved? I think that the players that um, that he he spent time with believe that. But like, when you have a when you're a head coach and there's like 120 some players on your team, there's not everyone. You're, not everyone's gonna like you. Also, like you spend almost all your time with your position coach and hardly ever, any time with your head coach. So. The, the people that were being vocal were the leaders on the team, and the leaders on the team are the ones that are playing all the time and around the head coach at all. So I think the ones that said it mean it, and the ones that didn't say it didn't say it for a reason. Interesting. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Haas, uh, I, I believe the next volley is yours. I think we've uh, touched upon this a little bit, but uh, do you have a favorite player over the course of being a tortured soul Husker fan? Oh, what a good question. I mean, Burkhead is up there. I mean, all these players are just under, like, the Bo Pliny era because the Bo Pliny era had the most fun players, like, of, like, since, since like, 2002 to now. Like, all Bo Pliny players had the, were the most fun. They, they had, like, per, major personalities and all a bunch of stuff going on that were just hilarious. Um, I would say like uh, I mean Kenny Bell is the biggest personality uh, like anyone I would say um, he was fun Burkhead was fun just because he was such a good guy but he was always like he was always speaking people want to know what he said and even now I talk to some people like that are from Plano and the people in Plano still worship that guy like to this day so he's a he's a great guy um Obviously, Indomitian Sue was super fun. Um, Taylor Martinez is oh, I gotta I gotta say Taylor Martinez. He's gotta be, that that's the most popular one. It's gotta be Taylor. I mean, that guy was just he took he had a license plate that said T Magic. I mean, that that's just incredible. I hadn't heard that story. I didn't know about that. You didn't know about that? No. I'm pretty sure that's true. 
Oh, I'm, I'm not remember, saying that. I remember, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disputing it. I just I hadn't heard it. You never. You remember the T Magic song though? Oh God! Like that played on the radio. Like all the local stations played that song. Well, that's yeah, how like that's, yeah, that's how yeah, hype we were yeah. about Husker football. I I'm I'm after YouTube that. I don't remember the song, it, it, but not, notoriously, I have a bad memory, so it's not anybody's fault but my own. So pretty confident he had a license plate that said "Team." That he said he did, match. did. I remember uh, I was on campus one time, and I don't even know what I was down there for because it wasn't a game day. And I remember seeing a car. I won't name the make and model of the car because that'd just be kind of weird and be a, kind of like an invasion of privacy. But. uh license plate said T Magic and there was a boot on it from uh, UNL Park. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very park I think is there, son. That, that's uh, um, almost fitting, you know, because he, he sometimes spent uh, spent his career in a boot in, in a walking yeah. caster. So the fact that his car was as well, I'm tickled by that. <laughs> the the funniest thing is that when he graduated... When when Ted Martinez graduated, he like wanted to like he started making apps. Right. Like, I don't know if he was coding them or he was saving people coding them. I don't understand what was going on. But he uh, he the first one he made it was called Stupid Fast, and there was no comma between those words in the app. But if you want to describe Taylor Martinez, put a comma between those two words, and that's how you describe him. And I thought it was hilarious that his first app was called Stupid Fast. That's brutal. No comment. Um, by by the way, uh, back uh, from the tr- court transcript, I I uh, I'll, I'll vouch. Uh, it's been a number of years now, but uh, our friends at the Cobcast had uh, Taylor on their show, and, and uh, just a good dude. Not going to find a, a, a nicer guy, um, and and someone that uh, you know. I think the course of time will be kind to him. And, and, and his legacy at Nebraska, um, but we might have to. The program, I think, might have to see some more success for, you know, for his like as weird as it is for his legacy to you know reach its full fruition, um, because he was so full of potential, and and then you know was never really the same after. Uh, you know, he, he got injured. I think it was the, was it the turf toe at, at A and M or or at no, an ankle or something or ankle sprain against Mizzou. Okay, uh, just was never really the same after that, and that's a shame because you know, say what you want about his his uh, YOLO bombs and his throwing motion, the dude was uh, ridiculous and and so talented. And one of my favorite plays to this day is his touchdown run in uh, the Big Ten championship against Wisconsin because. That was, that was Taylor being Taylor, and and you know it's like oh crap everything's you know the world is crumbling around me let's let's try to find a little sunshine and and uh, oh no go ahead sorry oh no I was just gonna say and, and and I think that's you know at times that 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 might be a microcosm of his time at at Nebraska you know it's like not not everything's going right be it the injuries or be it, you know the uh, the what is it the locker room. Uh, the alleged locker room phone call to his dad or something at, at that A&M game just, you know, got a lot of bad press, but, you know, always, I always thought he, he, he carried himself very well. And, uh, and like I said, tried to try to find a little bit of that sunshine in, in uh, the clouds. So go ahead, Zach. 
Yeah, he didn't get arrested at all. And I, I was from day one, always a, t- a team Magic uh, defender. Like, even after he had bad games, I would just, I would vehemently defend. Everyone would shit on him, and I would vehemently defend him every time, just because I loved, <laughs> I love him in Husker football. Like, like you don't every play that he that he snapped the ball could be a touchdown or a pick six. Like every single play. It doesn't matter if he's hand the ball off or whatever. He can screw up the handoff, fumble the ball, pick it up, and run for a touchdown. Like that's Taylor Martinez in a nutshell. Like there, there were multiple times where he, where he like would fumble the ball. People would like jump on the ball, it would squirt out and be all over the place. He would have time to get up, pick up the ball, and he would score anyways. That happened yeah, multiple times. He had a first down round against Michigan State in twelve. Uh, he fumbled the ball. He kept on inverted beer play, fumbled it, ball rolled out in front of him. He picked it back up and ran for a first down. Yeah, that's Taylor. Taylor giveth, Taylor taketh away. Exactly. I that's love true. that, though. I mean, it was so exciting. You can't, you cannot argue that it was exciting, whether it was negative exciting or bad, like when, when Taylor Martinez would touch the ball. It was, it was insane. You know, I would – if I had to choose between Taylor Martinez or Tommy Armstrong to quarterback a team for me, I mean, that's like asking if I wanted to be shot or stabbed, but uh, I would take Taylor Martinez every time. For sure. It's way more exciting. Yep. But I would, I would keep Tommy Armstrong in the backfield too. You know, I mean, uh, again, both of those guys, neither of them strength was being a thrower. Uh, And, but they both had good speed. I, I thought, you know, they both had good on-field awareness. And I wouldn't want to take Tommy out just because he brought, at least in, in my opinion, brought a, a different level of leadership. Uh, and and I think we will always go back to that game at Ohio State where the dude got his clock cleaned, went to the hospital and came back and, you know, finished the game on the sidelines like, yeah, that hurt. But damn, that scoreboard hurts more. <laughs> you know, that's this kind of uh, kind of attitude I thought that Armstrong brought. Of yeah, course, Tommy yeah, was a warrior, no doubt. Tommy had Tommy had great leadership skills. He was great. Like if he if he didn't have if he would have had two years to develop freshman sophomore year, he actually would have been, I think, a great quarterback at Nebraska. If he was under a program, like say he was under Scott Frost right now as a freshman or like coming in as a freshman next year then he had a couple of years to develop as a quarterback before he gets to play I think he'd be great um, but he was thrown to the fire right away and like really didn't give them much chance to develop is either like be good now you don't have time to really develop too much so well, I, I, I hate to a wet blanket on that but I'll have to disagree oh you think so okay well yeah. uh Another player, switching subjects, another player that I, I, I have thought of um, that uh, was pretty exciting, Jamal Turner. Yeah, the potential was always there. I thought the same, Jamal you know, T- just made kind of, and I don't say this disparagingly, but kind of made a glass and just could never stay healthy. Never stay healthy, couldn't stop uh, having children with different women. I won't, I won't spoil that for you guys because I, uh, I know more about that than probably most people. But um, um shit. <laughs> do you know about do you know about that house? 
Yeah, I yeah I know about that and a few other things that I can't mention on air. Yeah, 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 yeah. We won't go into it. Yeah, it's but, some uh, pretty uh, some pretty sordid stuff. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Um, yeah, Castle he had some problems. But yeah, he had some problems. But man, his speed insane. <laughs> oh yeah, lateral movement, agility. I mean, again, if that guy could have played under a receivers coach like Keith Williams. Oh, man, he could have really developed. And if you would add an offensive coordinator who actually decided to get the ball in his hands, you know, that would help the F back. All right. I agree. Haas, you've got uh, another question for Zach. All right, Zach, we've covered favorite players, covered since you've been a fan. What's your all-time favorite game? Or Husker sports moment, not exclusive to football. Yeah, it can be anything. I don't know if it's been said, but during one of the games I was hawking, I think it was 2011 Ohio State, and I believe it was Zach Leos playing quarterback. We were down the most Nebraska's ever been down before and still came back. I think it was 17 at the time. That was the largest comeback. And uh, it was Zach Lee who led the comeback against Ohio State in 2011. I think it was Zach Lee. No, was it was Taylor Martinez. Yeah, it was. It would have been Taylor, and 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 let's not forget that really the catalyst to us winning that game was Joe Bowserman. And and just just mentioning it means that I get to throw up the Joe Bowserman uh, passing chart into the post. Hot dog. Joe Bowserman <laughs> drinks free for the rest of his life in Nebraska. Oh. <laughs> Like that, but that game, just watching the stadium was just insane. The atmosphere was crazy. Um, that game, and then that's probably up against Miami 2014. Oh, I, oh yeah. Now there's a pick right there. <laughs> that was a that was a fun game to be at. I was on my way to Lincoln for that game, and the alternator on the car that I had just bought the week before. That's rough. So I, had to, I had to get. You didn't make it. Up. Didn't make. I didn't have tickets yet. I was gonna. Me and my buddy were gonna buy tickets from scalpers. We were prepared to break the bank, and uh, yeah. So I got my car towed to a shop and drove back to Omaha. Got a ride back to Omaha and watched the game. But that's the most fun I've ever had watching a Husker game on TV, dude. That you was, missed out. I couldn't imagine. I was in the student section. I was in the front of the student section on that game. That was. That that just the atmosphere and it was so tense, just from the beginning to end, it was so intense. And then as soon as the first fight broke out, I have never seen so many conservative Midwesterns just cursing their heart out. I guess <laughs> everyone was just standing up. They couldn't sit down. There too much energy. There too much anxiety. They were just standing up, just, just cursing at them. Oh, it was fantastic. People always want to talk about us being in the nicest place in college football, but there's something to be said about an angry Memorial Stadium and directed towards the opponent, not at our own team when we're playing like shit. Uh, Iowa in 2015 was like that at kickoff. Just pissed. I mean, people were heckling Iowa fans. It was beautiful. I just wish we could have pulled that one out. I'd say those two. Those two are my, uh, my candidates. 
Good, both. I mean, both solid ones. I, I remember. Uh, all joking aside, I, I do think that the the turning point in the uh, the 2012 right 2012 OSU game, um, if I'm getting that right, or love. Thank you. I got, it's a memory of mine. Um, I'm the court reporter. Yeah, I I'm the uh, drunk lawyer who can't remember shit. Um, no, I I do think it was, and and it's great because the announcers talked about this, you know quite a bit at the moment but the interception by uh, stanley jean baptiste and, and they said oh yeah he you know they just converted him to uh, uh you know defensive back and he, he's a wide out naturally and comes in and makes a wide out type of play and we're like yeah that then that, that you know all that that changed the uh course of his entire career from that point um and you know we joked about the the, the joe bowserman uh, passing chart but one of the iconic images in my mind uh, aside from from that interception was rex burkhead uh going in for the touchdown and doing like that superman dive uh you know making sure yeah, yeah. that the, the football got across the goal line and, and hit the pylon and that's you know somebody i it, it, since you know what since it was at memorial state that might have been one of our uh photographers who caught that i don't know if that had been david at the time or what but somebody caught just a perfect image of, of burkhead just you know in flight and it's just you know it's it has stuck with me uh, all these years later so a uh, couple of good choices there zach appreciate it uh hoss can i when when we did this uh cross-examination of each other last week i i neglected a, a pretty pretty important uh husker memory can i can i go back and and uh add that real quick hell yeah i won't i won't take up much time i think the one that i talked about last week uh was uh actually last fall's game uh the the first time i got to see a husker win in person uh at illinois the friday night game when i got to meet some uh twitter friends and it's it's funny i mentioned twitter friends because we'll talk about that here in a few minutes um but for whatever reason the one that that i didn't think to relay at the time and i've talked about in the past so i'm not going to spend a lot of time on it but uh the uh, bowl game against ucla in uh you know the the first well i guess it was technically the last week of 2015 uh so you know the to cap that season and i'll never forget that because that was just you know a week or so after my son was born in fact it was it wasn't it wasn't new year's eve i think it was the 30th wasn't it uh day after christmas okay well even even so so yeah so my my son was three days old uh, in the hospital and and i that was the first game that that uh, we watched together. Of course, I watched it uh, on my iPad at, on the uh, Watch ESPN app, uh, free plug there, and he was asleep on my chest. But my wife's asleep because she's exhausted for obvious reasons, and I'm just sitting there watching the Huskers beat the Bruins, and uh, yeah, that was uh, you know, less less Husker moment, more you know family-slash-dad moment. But uh, that, that, that one deserves a, a little recognition as well, so. We will. Well, uh, I, I have one thing I want to add to that, Greg. Yes, please. And that is an excellent game and an excellent reason that you included that into the official court report. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, final. You, you, and, uh, you and your wife need to plan to have more kids around big Nebraska games <laughs> so we can get a little bit of luck. Uh, we'll do the best we can. Um, 
until like, like you know January 2022. You know, no, talking a that, lot about you know New Orleans. That's going to be just, a bad uh, time to have a kid uh, because oh, I mean, you're going to be on that trip. Yeah, that's right. All right. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know. we'll, uh, we'll roll the dice. You know, we'll do without the newborn <laughs> luck. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. She'll, she'll be all right. Um, I, she'll be like, no, honey, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do childbirth by myself. You go down to New Orleans with your friends, enjoy a little foosball, and uh, <laughs> there's only one of you giving birth, anyways. Well, yeah, but you know, I I was there for the last time, and uh, I, I should be there for the next time, probably. I, <laughs> I'm if, kidding, if, I agree. if I want a harmonious house and to not be locked out when I get back from New Orleans, I should probably be there. So, <laughs> um, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. So I would agree. <laughs> our uh, our final question before we you know we're going to wrap this up and then we'll we'll talk about some Husker news and notes and, and like we mentioned Twitter a few moments ago. Um, final question for you, Zach, is how did you come to write for Coordination? That's actually a great. That's a great question. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, we ask this to everybody. Uh, I say it's a great question because I like telling the story. Fantastic. But, uh, I. Uh, John put out like a little post that said like coordination writers wanted and I and I've been reading coordination for I mean basically since John like started the site but I never created an account really like I just I would just read uh, whatever articles but I would like the first thing I would do I got to the point where like when I'd open a browser I would just type in coordination and hit enter like I got to the point where like I would I go to I try to I'd be doing trying to do schoolwork and I want to get to the school website to go to to do some schoolwork but I would type in coordination like just autopilot I get to that point I just I'd read that muscle memory there's my home webpage every time it opened a browser just like it'd go there and um, so I I had read so much I was like well shoot I'm uh, maybe I could uh, contribute a little bit and I I sent John an email and um, I go. The basic, the basics of it was like, hey, like um, I'm an engineer student at University of Nebraska. Like, been through Husker football forever, followed Husker athletics forever my whole life. Um, I'm terrible at writing, and frankly, I really don't enjoy it that much. But um, I can write about the student section for you because I uh, I uh, been in student section for a long time. How about that? And then <laughs> nothing for like a few days. I'm like, oh, shoot, I screwed that one up. And then uh, John sent me an email back. He goes, well, tell you what, you're the only one that gave me a pitch with, like, a certain point of view, uh, a certain, like, a particular pitch. And my pitch was a student section. So he goes, I'll let you, I'll let you write for me. I was like, wow, I did not sell myself at all, but I'll, I, I'll do it. Well, no, and that perspective, that, you know, that student perspective was one that, you know, we were lacking and might still, I mean, Haas, do we have any active students on, on staff? I can't. Uh, I haven't I okay. All right. I should have known that. I mean, I, I'm an active student. I'm 50 miles up the road at 60th and Dodge. Yeah. You're a little too old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, so, so that, that student section perspective, uh, because I remember times where we would, check in with you during the, a game, you know, be it on, on Twitter or in the emails, you know, and then before, you know, Slack took off and it was, 
hey, what is the vibe? What what is the the overall feeling in in the student section or in the stadium? You know, at large. And you would respond back with, you're like, well, half the students are gone because it's halftime and they're not coming back. So I've I've moved up 15 rows and life's good, uh, or you know something, yeah. something like that. So, um, but it, but it was it's always just you know fun for me. I was always living vicariously through your point of view of the game. So uh, I always appreciated that. Well, there you go. I uh, I would always try to like write articles. I never knew to write. Like after a game, like I would try to write an article about like the student section perspective of the game, and I never knew what to write. I'd always, I never, I never got to a point where I enjoyed what I wrote about like each individual game wrap up. I didn't know what to write. Like in particular, like I would, what I would try to do is like find people that are dressing up and having fun. But as the Mike Riley era like waned on. Nobody was having fun. And nobody really liked being there because you know you're going to lose. It just wasn't fun. Like during the Bowplane era, there were people, entire rows of guys without their shirt in the middle of in like the late, the late games in the season, all painted chess. And like they did that because there was pride in the, in Nebraska football. And at the end of the Mike Riley era, when I was writing, and like I wrote only during the Mike Riley era. And like it was just not fun, like the the atmosphere, the 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 moods. It was just it was not fun at all. So it was hard for me to write about, about it. It just seemed like it was overall kind of a different attitude, um, you know, from the program. And then, be it accidental or not, it, it trickled down to to the fan base. So we are in a new era now. Uh, no pun uh, intended on the apparel company. Uh, Scott Frost, we, I can't even say he, he's you know new, but anyway, the the fall practices have begun, and we've got some things to talk about because uh, yeah, Haas, Haas is like I've been waiting for this since January, uh, or, or at least since the spring Actually, game. November. If you want to get real technical, <laughs> apparently we do. Uh, Hoss, by the way, before before we get you know deep dive too far into it, looks like you were right and I was wrong. These guys well, are what? These, well, these guys aren't playing with fire; they're playing with juice, according to uh, <laughs> offensive coordinator Troy Walters in a uh, in a statement. Uh, this was from uh, Wednesday of this week, and it's straight from Huskers dot com. If you want to read the uh, post yourself. Look for the one that says Huskers offense improves day by day. And second paragraph into the third, it says, and I quote offensive coordinator Troy Walters addressed the media after practice, commenting on the energy of the first practice in full pads. Quote, guys stepped on that field ready to go. Walters said, anytime you go, uh, anytime you put full pads on, there's that extra juice. So there you have it. We just need to get a line of coordination, five heart podcast shirts that just say, Hashtag juice. We could do that. Actually, I'm, I'm there's a good juice. there's a good chance a rapper song called Juice, but it's about acid, so maybe not. Yeah, I mean, a linebacker, an outside linebacker, pass rusher on acid would be pretty damn dangerous. I mean, could we with, with that that hashtag you talked about, Hoss? Could the hashtag mm-hmm. lines be made out of corn cobs? Of course. Perfect. And then we'll have our like. Uh, 
our signatures on the back of the shirt. Well, we'll have the jittery. We'll we'll have the the monkey, the the five hour podcast logo on the back. That's what we'll have. We're we gonna, ever make any headway on our make champ or culture wins championships t shirts? Uh, no, largely because, and this is serious. Uh, the uh, t shirt company that that John always goes through or has gone through in the past for us. I reached out to them, seeing, hey, what would it take to get you know like a little store put up or you know some shirts made up and never heard back from them so obviously they like john more than me but you're right uh culture wins championships is a shirt hashtag juice uh corn hashtag juice is a shirt uh by the way since since these are all uh, uh stated here on the show that means copyright five heart podcast and you will be served a cease and desist from the firm if you go out and make these shirts without our approval or at least yeah, give you, don't money. See, you don't want to see us in a courtroom. No. Dun, dun. Uh, see in court. So an- another interesting uh, bit of news is re- regarding Trey Bryant. It, Ooh, yeah. It looks like he's, again, knock on wood, but, you know, healthy. He's full go. Yeah, th- that's, I mean, that's encouraging. That's huge. It, it also. Like, it can't be stated enough how big that is. Uh, just because those first two games of the year last year, he was he was explosive, and even with the offensive line being a hot garbage dumpster fire outside of a greasy diner, uh, he was explosive. And the running game, the second he got hurt against Oregon, you could tell that they just didn't have you know we just didn't have it anymore. Uh, no disrespect to Divino Zigbo, Trey Bryant, or Jalen Bradley, but. Now, They're Mikhail, not the Mi- kind of player um, that Trey Bryant is. Mikhail Wilbon, you know? I believe, is who you meant to say. Who did I say? Uh, you you just Bryant. said Trey Bryant. I think you meant Wilbon. Oh, yeah, 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 Mikhail Wilbon. Um, yeah, so getting him back's huge, especially, you know, not the fastest guy, top end, but he's a very torquey runner. Uh, mentioned explosive, very explosive first step, and he's a bigger back, so, you know, him and Greg Bell can soften up the belly of defenses. And they're also fast enough once they're up to full speed to turn the corner. So in this offense, you can never have too many good running backs. But it does be because we got Greg Bell, but we also, in, and I think this has happened since we last talked, Hoss, uh, Maurice Washington's cleared and good to go and eligible for football this fall. That's a pretty crowded running back room now is it not very crowded and, um, and i don't mean that i don't mean that in a negative because everybody i it, it seems like it's it's the the kind of crowded like the good kind of crowded like you've plenty of depth it doesn't seem like you know if you had to go too far down the depth chart uh that that you lose a whole lot i mean we we even saw uh you know what white Missouri was able to do in the spring game so i mean it's you know it's there, there are good things from the running back position. We might have, like I look at this as perhaps as much depth at that position, you know, top to bottom. Since, I mean, like I, I look at when Amir came in, Amani Cross came in, you know, that group. Uh, Terrell Newby. Terrell, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I that seems to be. Man, it just seems to be that they're loaded at that running back position, which from you know what we saw was not 
Reggie Davis's strong point or strong uh, suit at, at recruiting for running backs. Yeah, I agree. Um, Reggie Davis was a good technical coach. Coach technique with the best of them. Ball security was never an issue under um, Reggie Davis's tutelage. Pass blocking was really good, but he just couldn't recruit running backs, which that's something of a cardinal sin at IBAC U, the University of Nebraska. And back to Maurice Washington and making that running back room a little more crowded, there's some guys in that room who just may have gotten knocked down a peg on the depth chart from Maurice Washington being that good. Um, Five-star type talent was held back. You know, he's kind of limited in his choices for schools because of his grades. But this is probably the most talented back recruit we've had since, I mean, you'd have to maybe even say Amon Green. Or, you know, D'Angelo Evans. He came out, you know, out of Wichita as the number one high school player in the country. Shattered all of Barry Sanders' records down in Kansas. So a guy like Maurice Washington, that kind of speed, um, speed kills, as we all know, that's probably your Adrian Killens type of player. I agree. I think that the running back room is <clears throat> incredible, but it's it's going to be interesting once like travel rosters first come out. Like, who's going to be on the seventy? Who's going to be the seventy guys that travel? Like, there's mm-hmm. so many running backs, you can't take them all. So, like, which ones are going to make it? I think Maurice Washington is going to just. I, I I cannot see him. Like once he once he learns a playbook, gets gets his size and and gets his conditioning in. Like he, I feel like he's going to take the lion's share of carries. Trey Bryant, like, he's a great player, but when you have knee problems as bad as he did, they do not go away. Like, even if you have surgery and do as much as you can, like, they just don't go away. And for him to say he's 100% a full go, we'll see. We'll see. I I have my serious doubts because knee, like, unfortunate for him, like, because, like, health issues, like, there's they suck so much, but knee issues do not go away. No. Let me, the let me... Knee issues can be plaguing and Coupling with that, you got a guy in Greg Bell who, if we get decent O-line play, and this is not being hyperbolic at all, if we get decent O-line play, I think there's a good chance that you see Greg Bell in an NFL training camp a year from now. So let me ask you this in regards to Maurice Washington, because he is kind of getting a late start. Um, and Zach, to your point, you know, getting the the playbook and, and the training and conditioning down – how much does it benefit Washington? How much does it benefit the team that they extended the uh, redshirt rules? Because I mean, theoretically, he could, you know, either maybe redshirt the first half. Of the, I mean, he's got time. I would, I would think to you know be able to maybe see a little action without necessarily burning the redshirt or, or you know, getting the conditioning down, being in practice every day, and then being ready to play, you know, in, in the second week in November where he, again, still doesn't lose that, uh, you know, redshirt season. How, how big is that rule change uh, to affect him, or is redshirting a Maurice Washington even an option? I don't, I don't think that you – I don't think you can keep him off the field if he's, if he's one of the – if he's in the top three backs, you can't keep him off the field just to try to redshirt him. I mean, I, I – <clears throat> From what I've from what I've heard, 
for people watching him, his he is the you know the top. He's one of the top speed of all of all the backs, the shiftiest. <clears throat> Greg Bell is going to be your power back, but I, I think Maurice Washington is going to be your overall back. Um, not this year, but years to come. So if he and if that's so, like freshman, if you're a good running back, you play as a freshman. That's just how it is. Like you don't you don't sit as a freshman if you're a good running back. So you find the field some in any other way, like special teams, returning kicks or returning punts or doing something you find the field so i will i i, I don't know how if he's going to wretch it or not i i doubt it i i want to take it a step further while you're talking about running backs because it's you know well known i'm just kind of building off off of your thought or off of your sentiment there you know but it's well known that running backs tend to have a, a sh, you know relatively short shelf life uh, in the pros so you know that's why uh Le'Veon bell is you know probably going to be in his last season in Pittsburgh because he wants X amount of money and it's not something that the Steelers do is, you know, overpay market value, things like that. Um, but it, in the league, running backs got to get their money early because you never know one bad hit or something like that. You know, you you blow out a knee and you're never the same. Same I, Is that kind of what you're saying? Or, or at least the possibility there is because you know, you don't know how long, theoretically, you could have a, a, a top flight, top shelf running back. So you you gotta start getting the miles on them early. Well, you gotta play your you know best your best your most talented players. And if and if he's <clears throat> if he's one of your most talented players, then like you can't you can't shield him like, sure. because he's a freshman. No, no, you have I, to throw I, him out. I understand that, but but to what you were saying earlier about you know the the playbook and and the conditioning, if he's not. I don't and and I'm I don't know what his summer has looked like and I'm not ma- trying I'm, I'm trying not to make any assumptions about you know uh, anything like that but but if he's not as prepared as some of the other guys do you hold him out a little bit or or do you just yeah, say for, it, it, it'll come you know give it give it two three weeks or a, a month something like that and and he'll be at you know game ready speed type of thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd give him. I'd give him like, like first four games, or probably. I'm gonna feel for things, but I, I I can't see him not. I don't think he'll redshirt this season. I really don't. I think he's. If you're a really, if you're a great freshman running back, you play. That's just how it is. Like imagine like Najee Harris like not playing, or like uh, what's another? Um, was a guy from LSU that was. Leonard Fournette. Fournette. Imagine Fournette not playing as a freshman. Like, well, I I have two lines of thought when it comes to Maurice Washington this year. The first one is, if he's ready to play, yet he doesn't know the playbook fully, you get him out there regardless. You start the year. You know, if he if he's a good weapon for your offense, you get him out there. The second one is, if he's behind learning the playbook that much and he needs to ease in a little bit you know a little bit more to division one college football you don't play him until later in the year maybe you only get your four games out of him and you maintain his freshman eligibility for 2019 but you know if he can play he can play like you were saying good freshman eyebacks if they can play you get him out there it's it's probably the it's probably the position that requires the least amount of a learning curve and so yeah i mean i i'm just kind of i don't know how to say it without reiterating no, that's what I, I've already said. I, uh, I do want to read 
uh, a couple thoughts uh, or a couple quotes, I should say, from uh, just a couple days ago. And this is from Husker 247. Uh, Brian Christer- Christopherson uh, posted this is after practice. They're talking specifically about uh, Maurice Washington. I'll have the link in, in the post. People can click there and read it if they want. Uh, but says, Adrian Martinez tried to refrain from going too far with heaping, uh, with heaping on the praise after Wednesday's practice, already seeming to know how hype builds here, telling reporters they'll see soon. But eventually the quarterback was like everyone else, speaking of Washington speed, saying, quote, honestly, I can't say enough good things about the guy, end quote. Uh, went on to say that uh, this is from uh, Walters again. Maurice has done an incredible job coming in late, not really having the summer to get in shape and go through the playbook. He's special. He goes on to say when he's out there, he has another gear. He has some instincts that you just don't coach. Guys have it or they don't, and he has it. So uh, I guess a little bit of research ahead of asking questions uh, you know, to you guys, uh, redundant questions. Probably could have saved myself a little bit of time, saved our listeners some time. But uh, coaches seem to be high on him. Uh, Martinez seems to be high on him. And let's shift. We're not going to uh, uh, obviously break it down position by position, but I am curious uh, your guys' thoughts on the quarterback battle at this point because uh, indication is that it's it's just a tight race. At, at least it's a tight race on on the public side. Maybe maybe coaches are, are you know talking behind the scenes and, and just not showing their hand. Do we think it's as close of a race as as we're being led to believe, or do we? have an idea of who's going to be the starter uh come you know the uh, september 1st i think it's as tight as a tight of a race as they're letting on but um i still think it'll be adrian martinez yeah it's 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 as tight as they're saying um they honestly don't know who, who they're gonna play because either way it's gonna be a shit show i don't i don't think we have any good options at qb I think they both have a lot of potential to be great QBs, but right now I don't. I think it's going to be the weakest position on the entire offense by a lot. Is that just? I mean, obviously the the receiving core has a, a lot of experience coming back in. You've got uh, you know a couple of uh, players who are uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The uh, Blitnikoff watch list in uh, Stanley Morgan and and uh, J D Spielman. Uh, the offensive line will I, th- I think be as good as it's been in in several years so is it just because other elements of that uh uh offense are are expected to be you know much better than they have been in, in the past or is it just because of an overall lack of experience that we're going to have at the uh quarterback position zach both i mean like i mean we just talked about the running back room right Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be our running back talent is great. We have so many good running backs. It's great. <clears throat> tight ends. We'll have we'll have decent tight ends. Offensive line is going to be decent. We're having some great receivers. Mike really Mike Williams as a receiver is a freak. JUCO transfer. He's an actual athletic freak. Um, there's videos of him like doing some <laughs> actually. Just look up Zach Duvall's Twitter and like scroll down through Mike Williams like videos he posts of him weightlifting and like jumping over stuff. His vertical is just ridiculous. So like we we have some weapons on offense. Whether the ball will get there or not, I don't know. I think Tristan Jebbia, uh, I don't think he's that good of an athlete. I think that uh, he can get the ball there. He's just an average. He's pretty average, I think. 
um, maybe some good leadership skills, but I don't know. I think I think of him like an like maybe an AJ McCarron. Like he's just you you can work with him. You have a great defense, have a decent offense because of the quarterback play, and you can you can make it work. Adrian Martinez, Adrian Martinez is like your home run guy. Uh, if you can get him to be consistent, he's your he, he's he's going to be your operator for sure. Yeah, to put it in the context of Frost's previous quarterbacks, that he's covered, <laughs> Adrian Martinez is more your Marcus Mariota archetype. You know, home run hitter. You know, can throw distribute the football, but he's going to be real dangerous with his legs. Tristan Gebbia is more the uh, Mackenzie Milton type of quarterback. Quick decision maker, athletic enough. Uh, he's going to keep the, you know, train on the tracks. So they both bring different skill sets. Um, I think with the running backs that we have, being able to run the football, if we get decent O-line play, it's tempting to want to go with Gebbia just because of the fact that he's a better passer and, you know, being able to push the ball down the field is pretty important as we all know and then but the temptation of adrian martinez just getting him out there and getting him seasoned up to division one power five football um i think it's the way to go personally get him out there get him experience get things set for 2019 when you got another year under your belt of playing experience you got another year an off season under zach duvall another year of spring ball so it's just a, it's a long term. Both guys being freshmen this year, Gebbia being a redshirt freshman, Martinez being a true freshman. It's a case of a long term investment, and for both of them. But if Martinez is the future, your hand picked quarterback as he was for Frost and Verduzco, you go with Martinez. I want to go back and, and touch on uh, one of the receivers that you mentioned, Zach, uh, Mike Williams. Uh, while, while you were talking there, I, I pulled up Google because uh, I've been—it's been a hell of a 13-month stretch, uh, so I haven't been on the computer as much because you know I, they don't really want you on uh, on your phone reading or looking at things while you're driving a truck. So uh, I didn't hadn't done my due diligence previously, and, and shame on me for not even doing something as simple as going to coordination. But uh, I, I googled Mike Williams, Nebraska and did a specifically a Google image search and top row fourth picture was a young man holding a uh, it looks like a golden football from the cropped image and he's wearing a red uh, jersey that says lions on it uh, he's wearing a uh, not wearing holding a chromed helmet and I'm like son of a gun is that an EMCC sure enough uh, sure enough so, so I I've been watching uh, last chance you I'm working my way through the second uh, second season of it, uh, so that's you know that's just anecdotal. Uh, Scooby Mississippi, Scooby Mississippi. Uh, so I, I haven't finished the second second round of it or second season of it, but uh, uh, we'll see if if the Lions won that one. But uh, that's a story program down there. So interesting to see what Mr. Williams can do uh, for uh, the Huskers and what they can do for him as far as. Elevating him to the next level. Um, I, I, I feel yeah, like Mike Williams. Mike Williams will be fighting uh, Stanley for the number one spot. That's how. That's how much of a freak he is. Well, uh, let's hope so. Uh, you, competition. That's that's what made uh, the '90s teams so great. Is you know they had so much, you know, competition 
from from inside, from within, that everybody pushed each other to be better. And uh, I, I think that is an element that's been missing in the last 15 or so years. And I'm not saying that you know guys were complacent or that they didn't want to put in the effort, but if you know you, you know you've got a spot, maybe you know then then you didn't work as hard to. <laughs> to uh, better your spot to you know, maybe try to – if you know that you're, you know, getting on the field as the number three wide receiver, why would you work any harder to be number – I don't know. I don't know how to uh, articulate that without sounding like a jackass. Um, speaking of jackasses, we're going to uh, close this episode talking about a big one, uh, Haas. How, how, do yeah. we, how do we broach the subject? We, we teased it earlier. We talked about Twitter and jackasses. Uh, how, what what's the best way to to bring up this subject in totality? You know, I'm I'm still at a little bit of a loss for words of everything that's gone down on uh, Husker tw- hashtag Husker Twitter. Yeah, but the name of the person we're about to uh, talk about is also the first name of a player we've talked about, Trey. Correct. Different spelling. Different spelling. There's a Y on the end of this one. And uh, you got the way with words, so I'll, I'll kick this one back over to you. So for numerous years, uh, there was an individual on uh, Twitter, at uh, DryHuskerFrog, who I, I'm not, I'm not going to bury the lead. Uh, Husker fans were catfished into believing that this person, this Trey Smith existed and, uh, you know, made, made friends with a lot of people. Uh, you know, I saw some statements on Twitter saying, you know, we talked on the phone several times. Now I don't even know who this person is, uh, you know, claimed that he was a, a retired Navy seal, uh, Husker fan, you know, Nebraska native or whatever, listen, uh, living out of, out of the state. And then up, up in, in Somewhere last season, I think it was uh, kind of out of the blue, uh, you know, died. Uh, you know, there was a statement from, you know, I don't know if a statement is right, but there was a tweet or something like that from his alleged wife saying, uh, you know, or I don't know exactly how it went. But anyway, uh, the, the, whoever this, this fraud is essentially killed off his character, went George R.R. R. Martin and uh, and killed off this guy who had – you know, made made a lot of friends in the Husker community on on Twitter. Or, you know, so we thought to the point where years back, before there was the Five Heart Podcast, there was detasseling the Huskers. I've talked about it before. It was another show that Brian and I did. Um, it was my entryway into coordination, and uh, it was a mailbag show. And during the off season, particularly these slower summer uh, months, we did uh, a what was called coordination conversation. Usually I talked with a fan and Brian would talk with, uh, you know, somebody who would, uh, you know, cover, uh, the Huskers, uh, from, from a media standpoint, like an Aaron Sorensen or something like that. Um, and I actually talked, interviewed this Trey and to, to find out years later that, uh, uh, Trey didn't exist. Uh, you know, the, the emotional anguish of, of saying, you know, that somebody that, you know, somebody had died, and, and somebody who had been a, a revered member of the Twitter Husker community, and 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 uh, uh, beloved by you know many. This person never existed anymore. I wonder 
what kind of a jackass does that? I don't have that answer. Um, but there's a, a particular circle in hell for for someone who would who would create a, a fake persona out of the blue, and and not only that, but what kind of psychopath you know keeps it going for numerous years uh, and and pretends to be somebody else. So I, I I don't know. The whole thing was very I don't know, very weird. Um, I don't I don't have a really good adjective. Ad- at, let me try that again. It's that damn uh, Guinness Irish wheat. So it's giving me tongue tied. I don't have a good adjective to uh, that comes to mind to describe the. I, I, I don't know the. Just pisses you off. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, I mean, we. I, I saw it. I'm like, when I first saw it, and, and this story for me did not break in, in on Twitter, but rather in the in the the slack chat room and i'm like wait what what who does that you know i i i don't understand that mentality of you know you're taking when you do something like that and and aside from you know the the effect that it will have on other people uh but you're taking valuable time out of your life and being somebody completely different and i don't mean that in like a and the dude tweeted a lot yeah like that was his job, you know. Like, like he, yeah. like he was paid to, you know, be this person. I don't like I said, you know. I saw, I saw, you know, as I mentioned, the the tweets or tweet that said, you know, like I, you know, somebody said I talked to this person on the phone several times. I don't know who this, you know, I I don't even know, you know, what what's going on anymore. You know, who who was I talking to? And and like I said, I. Talk to somebody, or I mean, you know, I talked to this person years ago. In fact, I might even try to find the the link and and, and throw it in here. But it's like, man, what you you got to be special, kind of special to try to defraud, you know, everybody. In it's it's not even like your inner circle. It's you, you've created this whole new circle, and and that's you know, I, I don't know, I don't understand it. But I do find it funny. About a year ago, uh, our friend, uh, you know, friend of the show, may he rest in peace, uh, an actual person who I've met in person, uh, Brian, he he says something like, you know, yeah, I've muted Trey, or you know, I've I, I've unfollowed Trey, or you know, something along those lines of, uh, as far as not not that he had any suspicions about about this type of fraudulent behavior but just like you know he's kind of making an ass out of himself i don't know exactly how that conversation went down uh, i i don't remember the specifics of of what brian said but he's like yeah he's like i don't i don't have time for that uh so to his credit as, as he always did brian was a little step ahead of everybody else so you know this is gonna this is gonna sound weird when i say it but just bear with me everyone uh, when Trey quote unquote passed away last year and you know I followed him on Twitter and so when I saw that I was like wow that you know it really sucks you know tweeted back and forth with him you know over the years about Husker football and uh, just curiosity you know out of curiosity after the passing you know I, I kind of kept an eye on obituaries you know Omaha and Lincoln area for a couple of weeks never saw anything remotely close and I thought that was odd 
you know, but just kind of shrugged it off, you know, thinking a retired Navy SEAL probably wants to maintain some, you know, level of privacy, you know, due to, you know, nature of the line of work he was in. Sure. But looking back on it, it's like, wow, that's that's quite the red flag, you know. Most people don't die without having no bit. Yeah, and it's just, again, like I talked to him. If I remember correctly, it was like an early morning. I might have gone. It was back when I worked in radio, so I was at the station, and it was either you know like on a Saturday morning or something. I mean, it's just like the dude took. Even if it was a real person, the dude was you know at at, at that time. I'm thinking, hey, you know this guy's you know nice enough. Thanks for taking some time out of your day away from your family. Yada yada yada. Uh, then to come find out, he's just like ah, you know I, I don't know. I don't know anything about the the real person. Um, I know somebody who does, but because of uh, what I'm, I'm going to say, because this is not, this doesn't reveal anything, but apparently the real person who I, whose name I do not know has, uh, a teenage daughter in, in school in, you know, whatever town or whatever they live in and don't, he doesn't want to, as he put it, he, he doesn't want to dox him because, you know, this kid's probably innocent. All this doesn't want all this crap, you know, falling down on her. You know, so that much I can understand. I, you know, now that it's been about a week or so since all this news broke, perfectly happy if it's never brought up again. You know, but I, I did want to address it. I know Host, you had some thoughts on it as well. It's just, I, it boggles the mind. It's mind yeah. So. Yeah, I mean it. It's like was who does that, you know? Right. So I, I, I was speechless found that on my way back from Colorado. You know, I checked Twitter when I was taking a break to get gas and I saw that. I was just like But you know, people are weird. People have done crazier things, I'm sure. Um so yeah. Anyway, that that's that's that. That's a little bit of Husker fan insanity. Uh, Husker fan sanity. What's that? Let's put a moratorium on Trey. Yeah. uh, For real this time. Uh, Trey is gone. Let's not ever speak of him again. So that will do it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, Zach, we have a little tradition around here when we close the show. I say a little bit of something. And then, Zach, I just want you to say, after I say what I say, that's not too redundant or confusing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something. I just need you, Zach, to say go big red, and then Hoss will, Hoss will clean it up at the end. Can are, are you prepared for this task we have set in front of you, sir? I think so. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have, again, a very special uh, guest for you on next week's show, so be looking forward to that. No, uh, no teasers, no... No hints, no clues, uh, but it will be uh, timely. It will be current uh, events that have taken place in college football, so uh, be looking for that, listening for that. Subscribe if you have a a favorite podcast app. I know we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. And uh, you can, of course, uh, interact with us on social media at 
five, the number five heart podcast on Twitter, or you can spell out five heart podcast uh, on Facebook. Just look for that uh, that jittery monkey throwing the bones, and you'll know you're at the right place. Although I've I've looked, there's not another five heart podcast out there, to, unless it's in the last forty eight hours or so. So that'll do it for. Speaking of uh, <clears throat> social media, before we end this, I forgot to say one thing. Uh oh, <clears throat> I. I'm actually in the, more, in the most famous Husker gif that exists. I'm in that. You're going to have to be more specific. Do you know the one where there's like a monkey and a, a banana jumping up and down and like throwing their hands around? I'm going to Google. In the student section. I'm the guy all the way on the right. That's me. I'm famous. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Are you wearing a red jacket all and a way- black hat? That's me. That is going on the post, just so you know. There you go. Most famous Husker gift. There you go. I'm famous. I mean, I don't know. I st- and this is – I'm not trying to minimize your accomplishment or achievement uh, by, the, <laughs> by the way you make a – you make a very believable metronome in, in your uh, side, <laughs> I do, I don't side to side. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that there's the, um, the black shirt – with the the skull mask throwing the bones over the rail, that's pretty memorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and <coughs> so and then the, but anyway, Huskers uh, great do a great job uh, these days of uh, embracing uh, social media. So hopefully you, the listener, do as well. Uh, Zach, you're on Twitter. I am, but I'm not going to give my Twitter. I'm boring. I've, I've tweeted like four times since 2011. So it's not worth it. So what you're saying is we can't include you in our social media posts at the bottom of the article? Uh, I'll pass. No, just because I, it's not required. I don't use my finger. We'll, I don't use it. We'll just, uh, we'll just give it a double, a double plug. That's going to sound so bad when I finish this. Uh, we'll give a double plug to Coronation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay, so that'll do it. Of course, uh, Haas is at Haas Reuter, and I'm at thehooch36. And we appreciate you uh, listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing with your friends. And we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Zach? Go Big Red. Keep bringing the juice and win the damn offseason. You know, there's going to be a time, Haas, where you're going to have to just change that to four words, right? Do you know how excited I am for that? We are only weeks away. Only weeks away. Now, Zach, you ruined it. Apologize. (laughs) You apologize, young man. I missed it. I am so sorry. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. (laughs) 